Hello and welcome to the Button Up Box podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Harry. And we're here recording this podcast in the pod at White City Place, as usual, which is always a pleasure. We've had a bit of a break from the pod, actually, recently, which has been sad. So we're very happy to be back. This is our fourth episode now. So we're really getting into the swing of things, which is sort of scary and exciting at the same time. This is the only time we've been recording where we've actually launched now. So we exist. We've Um, actually had to hear ourselves live <laughs> or not live not live but we've heard ourselves and other people i suppose have heard ourselves ourselves <laughs> heard heard us yes and it's not been all bad no it's not been bad at all Harry. i'm going to say it's not been bad at all well there we go i think That's... we've done well it's you know it's it's a scary thing neither of us had ever done a podcast before and so i sort of just grabbed you one day and said harry let's do a podcast and you went mm, okay yeah fine and uh, it sort of went from there so the fact that we've had such a positive response um it feels a bit weird saying thank you now and episode four but we really appreciate all the kind words that people have said so far and it's genuinely a joy and I look forward to these recordings so much and now we're going to get into a swing of recording and um, releasing every three weeks I think more so now I think the first few yeah I was always like oh god here it's scary it's scary (laughs) but I think we've we've grown we've grown in confidence it It feels feels good we've had some such good chats the chats we've had have been fantastic so we're just excited for for you all to hear everything so um yeah I guess it's a sort of Thank you from us at this stage, uh, episode four. An episode four, thank you. And episode, yeah, I mean, it's got to happen, isn't little, it? Little little live kudos there. Right. <laughs> there go. That's for the office, that is. That is for the office. So we probably should give some context to the live kudos. So on our company messaging system, we have a base where we can all talk to each other. So, so everyone in the company can put messages into this little channel. Most of mine um, are most from you. Where are you? Yeah, where are you? <laughs> Recording soon. Recording. <laughs> Answer your text. Yeah. And... There's a little bit in there where you can give um, kudos to people. Just if someone's done something great, you can just say, oh, kudos to Harry because he showed up for a prearranged appointment today with me. Um, and everyone would be like, great, well done, Harry. Lovely so dig. It's, um, Lovely dig. <laughs> <laughs> so we started doing it. If somebody did something well, sort of in the moment, we'd all start clapping because we like to clap in the office for some reason. And it turned into a thing that we'd give people live kudos. If someone did something great, we'd go, oh, wow, live kudos. And all clap awkwardly sort of in the office. So we started doing that. So we just gave ourselves live kudos. And I don't know if that's ever been done before, but we've that's started That's the first it. podcast live kudos. So I'm hoping it will stick. It will. We'll do it. We do it. Once, once you start love, live kudosing, it, it just becomes infectious. It's and true, and everything that anyone does, it's, it's a live yeah. kudos. Maybe people will start doing it at home in their lives. We start the day with a live kudos. We do. After Every morning meeting. Yeah, we clap. We clap. By ourselves. Sometimes we chant clap. We do different types of claps. It's, it's it starts to down the right way. So try it, guys. Like, get up in the you morning. have to say. I suppose it does work kudos. with other. Yeah, live kudos really starts it. But and then rather you have than to clap. applause or clap, live kudos, eye contact, get somebody with you, <laughs> build the momentum, and you're there. The eye contact's important. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a very good point. Speaking of starting the day right, I often see you come into the office. So we have a shared love of our little local um, coffee shop in a different office lobby that we go to most days. Uh, they make amazing coffee. They're called Butterscotch. Shout out to them. They're fantastic. And you are often wandering in with your porridge from Butterscotch. And I'm fascinated by the array of toppings that you like to put on this porridge, Harry. So just for the benefit of everybody, can you just take us through that little routine that you have? Because I'm fascinated by it and I'm hoping everyone else will be too. Okay. Okay. I see I see people looking at me funny when I come in the <laughs> office. You know, it's, it's stacked up pretty high. But I've, I've, I'd say I'm nearly on 50 nearly on 50 different porridges so I've, uh, it's it's a it's a porridge bar you get to choose between a porridge or a five grain porridge I, I did porridge in the winter now we're coming into the spring season 
I've moved across into into the five grain. <sighs> and then you have a, a, a bar there of, I would say, 30, 40... 60. 60. 60 it? different toppings. 60 different toppings. Yeah. I mean, is that not a great way to start the day? So through trial and error, I've come up with what I believe is the best porridge there. So you start off with an organic honey. Uh, that goes on top of the porridge. And the idea of putting that on first is that then seeps into the porridge and gives you sweetness throughout. So you start off with that. We then go over to the paleo granola, which has lots of different things mm. in there. Yeah. Lots of different seeds and everything else. I went for the paleo one because it sounded healthier. Yeah. Uh, so that goes on first. Uh, we then go to the fruit section. Blueberries. Naturally. Antioxidants, Antioxidants as we know. They go on there. Raspberries. Yep. Don't know what's good about them, but no, they sound good. Probably antioxidants. They're more antioxidants. Yeah, colours. So I think that's bright colours mean antioxidants. Mm-hmm. If Kira's taught me anything, I think that's 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 okay. that. And the trick is you actually put them on with a spoon, and then what you can do is then force them into the porridge. Mm. So now you're forcing everything down. Everything's getting into the porridge. Maximum use of space. Maximum use of space. Okay. Exactly. Got it. So then it's two pieces of sliced banana. They go in um, together. Okay. Uh, just to conserve room. They're quite big. Um, for the pot size, mm. we then go over to the to the other counter. Two hazelnuts. They stack over the other side of the porridge. Oh. One spoon of crunchy peanut butter that you then scrape down the side, so it leaves just a little bit that you can dig into all around it. Right. Uh, we then put a, f- a sprinkling of almonds on there, mm-hmm. and I finish up with, if I'm feeling a little bit naughty, a little bit more honey. Uh, but if not, More if honey. yeah, a little bit. That's just Whoa. a topping. Just topping. It holds it together. That's okay. how I just not too it. sweet. Yeah, you got to get your amounts right. Right, that's key. Yeah, that's key. And uh, yeah, that's every morning. And then to top it off, this is a new part of it. They actually have a, a lemon and mint jug of water there. So whilst you're waiting for the porridge, you go and get a little have glass, a glass of water of that. And that's how I start the day every day, Monday to Thursday. And Friday. Well, that's a traditional. Bacon egg sauna, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You know, you got to have a little balance, treat. Yes, balance, balance, isn't it? Balance. It's called a balanced diet, you know. So, I, mean, I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. how I, that's now started to actually become a thing that I do. I'm just sort of just shaking my head over here because I didn't have any idea it was that planned and that, dare I say it, obsessively controlled um but i'm impressed to be honest i'm impressed because i think it's a structure you get off the tube you've had a long commute maybe you just think i'm looking forward to my porridge i know exactly what i'm going to do because i find the choice overwhelming i've totally honest i've tried every single random combination of toppings mm-hmm. and i'm always left thinking oh what if i tried that what if i tried that i don't think this goes with that blah 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 mm-hmm. i've got too much of it you know okay so we'll go get porridge we'll go maybe tomorrow that. i'll show we'll you the tomorrow, thursday or... last porridge day of the week um, maybe you can advise me on maybe where I'm going wrong, where am I stacking, how I can optimise space yeah. um, in the takeaway pot. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah, and some people, you know, you do when there's so much choice. Sometimes, it, yeah, what, where do I go? What do it's I go for? Overwhelming sometimes. And some people think that they shouldn't go for so many toppings because it's rude. Well, they're there, so it's part of the experience. So I, whenever I think, you know, if it's there, go for it. People want you to enjoy your it's porridge true. because then you'll come back. It's very so true. So don't be shy. Stack it up. Stack it high. Work out exactly how many hazelnuts you need in order to optimise the nut to banana ratio, etc. Yeah, play around with it. You know, yeah. I didn't get it right. You know, this is, you know, three months of work. You know, this doesn't just happen. <laughs> Since day one. You know, this is, just happened. You know, oh, this, is, this is 40, 50 pots down. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. There you go. 
I love that. I think that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us, Harry. No I'm sure you've guided everybody a little bit in their breakfast breakfast arrangements there. Um, so a lot's happened since we last recorded. Standout yes. thing. This is more of an update, I suppose, before we get into um, chatting with Kira, which is happening later on, our mm-hmm. in-house vet, and super excited about that. Yep. But we went to Fold Farm. Amazing. So every quarter we have a little away day off-site, which our lovely head of people, Claire, organises. And Fold Farm is a charity that we support. They're a centre which um, rescues all, all sorts of animals, actually. There's dogs, cats, pigs, horses. The horse, Yeah, chickens. It's everything. And it's a tiny little place, and it's run exclusively by volunteers, which is just amazing. So everybody that we saw there is not paid a penny. They're just there looking after all these rescued animals. Um, I think the livestock they keep... They're just there looking after, you know, and it's a functioning sort of farm in that sense. They've always got livestock there and then they rehome the domestic animals. Mm. And we went to, to help out for the day, basically. So half of us got stuck into some painting in the kennel. So we repainted their kennel block, their older one, which was just it was so it was fun. It was hard work and we wanted to get it right. So we really got stuck in. It took us quite a few hours, but it looked so much better with a fresh look of paint on it. And then half of us went out and got muddy and put up fences um, in the fields, which was... Uh, I heard that was pretty character building and quite wholesome, quite wholesome work for these city kids. And I then what, what did you get up to, Harry, when you were there? So I was with Andy and I suppose what we were doing was more talking to the, the local people there mm. and, and yeah. went and found a little cafe, uh, tried some local tea. <laughs> and, mm. and cake and actually found three really lovely ladies yeah. there and, and uh, just got chatting to them and you know a couple of hours passed we found out a lot of information we mm-hmm. told them a bit about what we do so you know we, we were 25 strong there there was enough fence building and enough painting going on that me and Andy thought actually you know we'll add a third arm Third to, to, to what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Also, I used to work on a building site from the age of about 10. So the kind of painting, fence building thing You've for me, it. it would have been wasted. Yep. You know, and I probably would have shown everyone up. So actually, I did it out of the kindness of my heart. I see. You, well, you've had a couple of a few weeks to think about that, I suppose, that response <laughs> and the possibility I might ask you about it. So, I mean, that was well done. You did sidestep that one very well. I have to, have to give you credit for that. No, well, you know, joking aside, it was... Um, no, it was really great. It was, it, was, so it was so nice to, to, to go down there and experience it. And, you know, we do give to them as a, as a charity, but actually to go down and, and, and see it and feel it and be part of it and, and listen to people's stories and, and what they do down there is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I think everyone in the, in the company really, really enjoy themselves. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it was just nice to get out as a team, actually. It was, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time in the office together and, I, well, probably we spend more time with each other than with our loved ones sometimes. And that's not a bad thing. I think we've just got a really strong bond and to go and do something meaningful together was... Mm. Um, and go and walk, we got to walk some dogs when we were there as well and that's just... I mean, everybody loves that. But to go and feel like we helped yeah. was great. And then also, uh, live kudos in the background for Lauren for winning the karaoke oh, I did. on the bus on the way back. Yeah. Uh, which was, was fun. a really, really, <laughs> quite a kind of 90s... It was, very it was a 90s. very 90s bus, it wasn't was. it? And we had one little kind of speaker and microphone and everyone was... was, was, was yeah, we were passing it around the bus and we were singing and it was... Yeah, that, I forgot I won that, actually. Thank you for reminding me. There you go. That's a little boost for me great, for the rest of the week. One of the best bus journeys I think I've ever had. I think... I'm actually second that guess best bus journey ever. Mm, yeah, so. that was really good fun. Um, yeah, it was a good day. What so. else have we been doing? I think. Oh, actually, 
you again, Lauren, very active, did a lunch and learn. No, a Friday knowledge share. Oh, I did do that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I've, I've, <laughs> just, I've, the time just blurs. Just goes. So we do a, a kind of Friday knowledge share here at Button Up Box, which is something that Kevin Dave introduced, and it's just a way of people being able to tell others about interesting things that they're involved in outside of work. Uh, so we've had Dave who did it about Iran. Yeah. And <laughs> we've had a few other um, we had a few other guys do it about cryptocurrencies, and we had something about uh, just about Ireland as general and growing up in Ireland. And essentially, it's it's you get to do whatever you want to do, and it's it's I don't know, quarter of an hour, twenty minutes, maybe, what, however long you want. And people just get to talk about something that they're passionate about, and uh, everyone else gets to learn about it. So it's a really really great thing. And uh, Lauren actually did it on. Coffee. I did do it on coffee. Which is a passion yeah. of yours. It is a passion. It's, yeah, a passion. Yeah, no, it is, I guess. I used to do it day to day and make coffee. And it's actually, it's nice. I'm quite friendly with the people in Butterscotch. God, they're getting shouted out today. They should give us some free stuff. I've been waiting for uh, uh, one of them loyalty cards. I've got one. What? Have you not got a loyalty card yet? Mate. Oh, Okay. We this, need to we need to go in later is, and see. What's we're gonna we're gonna cut any mention of butterscotch out Beep of this. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was in I was in there recently and um, I chat to the baristas quite often and I explained that you know I used to be in coffee and we chat about it quite a lot and get a bit nerdy about it and they let me pour um, my coffee sometimes and I still got it which is nice like it's quite hard pouring all the pretty patterns and um, I thought it's one of those things that you know fine muscle memory you just sort of forget if you're not doing it every day but no nope, I still got it which is nice so. Yeah, I'm still really passionate about it. I get sort of laughed at a little bit because there's plenty of coffee options around here, but I can't do it if it's not um, speciality. I think so maybe for our a... next guest, you should bring in one of your personal coffees and, and we can do a little taste, a live taste. A live taste. Oh, okay, that'd be niche. I think so. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the many things that's been going on. And then just recently on Monday. I don't know what you're going to say, so I can't confirm whether it was Monday or not. We moved office. We did move I was office. really hoping <laughs> so that Lauren was going to really pick up on that vibe there. She just blank faced me there. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, we moved office uh, into a, a space with windows, mm. which is uh, just amazing just to have natural light coming in whilst you work. Um, before our office was cool before, it was but so nice. the fact that we didn't have any natural light in there was something that maybe you missed after a while, wasn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, we were getting a little, again, we keep outgrowing wherever we are which is fantastic but also one of those things that we just keep needing a sort of slightly bigger space so this space is a bit bigger and so we've got some nice light now yeah we're just extremely lucky to be able to sort of move again so still the same place same building same office space but just in a a different sort of room different studio so that was fun I, I sort of I feel very. I feel like I'm so. No, I feel at home there already. That's what's Mm. going on. I feel very at home in there. And what else? I'm trying to think of other things that have happened that people might want to know about. We got Buster. Buster happened. Buster happened. Tell us about Buster, Harry, please. Buster. Buster's been a personal project of mine since December at our old old offices. Yes, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Where I've been tasked with creating a, I think I tasked myself with it. But anyway, <laughs> no, one, uh, no one asked you to do this, Harry. <laughs> this is all on you. <laughs> it was creating something different as an event stand that wasn't a three by three gazebo that everyone else had because we want to do something that's different and stand out and something that's fun. So my first thought was a, a shipping container, mm-hmm. which sounded really cool. Very hackney. Um, I then looked into the logistics of it and realised it was probably going to ruin my life uh, in terms of getting it where it needs to be and the logistics and everything else. So then I was thinking, well, I want something similar to that, 
but something that's easier. So uh, I came up with a horse box. Mm -hmm. So a horse box you have to do have to get a license for, but anyone can drive it. Very easy to store. And actually, we approached a husband and wife duet who had started up a horse box um, conversion company. So cool. Bespoke trailers. Look them up. They're great. She's great. They're great. And uh, yeah, I basically came to them with this plan that it was going to be a horse box that was kind of a transformer and it kind of opened out all different sides into this kind of living room-esque kind of shabby chic place where people could kind of come <laughs> into and chat about dogs. And uh, he, Buster is his name, he got delivered and we did a big kind of grand opening and got everyone down. We had some music on Buster and we had ice creams and That's everyone so just good. kind of walked around. We showed everyone the secret hatch and uh, yeah, we now go around to different shows with Buster and he's a great success. He's beautiful. So I'll describe him a little bit. So we've got the four brand colours, which I'm sure you'll all be familiar with by this point because you see them all the time but the red and the yellow and the blue and the pink are all, all sides of the of Buster so he's he's primarily yellow but then on the inside he's pink and he's got the, the astroturf that looks like grass and then there's like the blue detailing and there's dogs and there's writing on there all our reviews are on there as well and it's just beautiful like it's so well done and I think when we all came outside you'd already got you got him all open and it was sunny and there were we had the ice creams and the music and it was amazing like what you the work that you put into that and the fact you pulled it off and it's so yeah it's just perfect so live kudos for harry this is just us, it's just there us congratulating you see, ourselves you see, it's starting okay. to catch on and i think everyone at home is sitting there thinking i'm gonna bring this this is yeah. when you know when the kids come back from school live kudos live kudos there we go everyone's happy mm -hmm. so uh, so yeah there's i mean obviously we've been doing lots of other bits and bobs behind the scenes but i think they're some of the the highlights the highlights yep of what we've been up to definitely so i think without further ado we should bring mm. on our guest for Let's the episode so kira is our um in-house vet here at button up box and we are truly so lucky to have her on the team she's become just absolutely indispensable she makes such a huge difference to our lives every day into the lives of our pet parents as well so uh let's welcome kira Yeah, we've been looking forward to having you um, on the podcast since we thought of it. So we're super happy to have you here. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Welcome, welcome Thanks, to the Hi. to the to the pod. We'd lost the pod for a little while. We did lose the pod. We it went away. The pod. I mm -hmm. walked down here. I thought our, our podcasting days were over for for, for a very small <laughs> so amount of brief. time. So <laughs> brief. Yeah, it was so brief. You know, um, out of popular demand, I think uh, it just been taken <laughs> away from us as soon as our first episode launched. But uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you in here chatting about yourself, everything kind of dog related and I suppose the first question is kind of what do you do at Butternut Box? So I am the Butternut Box in-house vet which makes me so excited when Kevin and Dave asked me to join the team I absolutely jumped at it love the food I love how we can promote really healthy eating in our dogs uh, which happen to be my favourite animals. Dogs, dogs, dogs. Um, <laughs> as, as a vet, I obviously love every animal. So cats, bunnies, snakes, you name it, I uh, will love to treat it. But I am a dog person at heart. Uh, so this is just, this is great. Loving it. Fantastic. fantastic. And, and then how did Kev and Dave collar you? Um, excusing any pun in there. 
Oh, good pun. I'm a big pun fan. It was perchance, and it happened over social media, actually, through some mutual friends, a behaviourist that I got to know randomly through Twitter. Uh, her name's Louise Glazerock. Hi, Louise. Hi, Louise. Uh, yeah. Hi, Louise. So Louise and I met up to have a little chat about uh, dogs and behaviour. Uh, Louise is a, a um, now a good friend of Kevin Dave's, and she just sort of put us all together, which has been lovely. And then before BB, where were you? What were you doing? What was what was your life back then? I still have a life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, lucky you! Well lucky you! Some of. <laughs> so I uh, am part of the the bottom of box team, but I'm still a clinical practicing vet. So you'll still find me in veterinary practice. I love that aspect of my job. It is my favorite thing, and I feel really, really lucky to do the job that I do. So between clinical practice, I have done a little bit of research. I have largely worked with cats and dogs, but I also had a bit of a spell doing reptiles, um, uh, which was a a really great experience um, and had a a really great boss who showed me how to do some super fun things. So I have um, seen lots of snakes and tortoises and I've even spayed some chameleons. There you go. Not everyone can say that, can they? There you go. Yeah, there there you go. go. (laughs) Excellent. And then what, in terms of kind of the reptile side of things, Mm -hmm. it's obviously very different. (laughs) Didn't think you were going there, but let's go with it. Didn't think I was going there? No, you continue to surprise me every time I record with you, Harry. There you go. I I had, in Bristol, I moved into a place with a couple of friends, Uh and they had two bearded dragons. Cute. Okay, that's one word of <laughs> uh, of of of, of uh, explaining. Yeah, I was quite shocked. You know, you know, I'd never been around. You know, ever. I'd only ever had a dog. You know, so uh, yeah, it's quite a strange experience for myself, really. But what's the kind of weirdest reptile that you've kind of seen in the house, or number of reptiles, or you know, tell us something. Tell us a story. Um, I have seen lots of different types. Um, I was very lucky to treat some Bosque monitors, which which are these beautiful, big, long lizards. I think they're just generally reptiles are, are quite interesting. The reason that I did a little bit of reptile work is because way back in my vet student days, coming from Ireland, I hadn't particularly had any experience with snakes or anything as such. So I thought forward a few years and and imagined an owner rushing in with their beloved snake and I would sort of maybe take a step back because I wasn't particularly comfortable with them. So I made the decision um, as a vet student that I was going to have two pet snakes. one was called Patrick. Um, of course. Of, of why, why not? In fact, my brother um, had the honour of naming him, so he decided it must be Patrick. And he was a lovely red and yellow little corn snake. And then I decided to get him a, a friend, a little girlfriend. She was a, a beautiful shade of, of blacks and greys and whites. And I thought it would just be apt to um, to name her something equally Irish. Uh, so she was called Guinness, or oh, Little Nessie for short. And um, And so there my experience um, started with with snakes and and they are they're great little things. However, not as good as dogs. Yeah. You heard it here first. I mean, you have now started sort of really engaging with our with our pet parents, which is really exciting. So I think people have started in your social media, doing all the the Facebook lives, which is amazing, like for us to be able to 
collar you um, during the day and say, can uh, I come you over can't here? Just pinch. No, I'm sorry, Harry. I'm yeah, sorry. I had to. There. I had to. It was really <laughs> good. Yeah. It was okay. I'll have to trademark it or something. It was a Harry Boy's, Harry Boy's pun. So, you, you know, you sometimes get collared by us during the day and uh, we take you off and maybe. Uh, ask you if you don't mind us asking some questions and then get a phone out and start filming you. Um, but it's amazing. People get to see a face, you know, a face in the business and get to chat to you and ask you questions. And I think that's such a powerful thing for, you know, ultimately what, what's a, a pet food company to be able to put this much care um, behind the relationships that, that people have with their with their animals because it's not just food. It's it's about having that bond and having that love and being able to, to go above and beyond in terms of the care that you're giving to the animal. So mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of the relationships that we see people have with their dogs, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind relationship sometimes, and it's just amazing. It, it is. It's phenomenal. It's um, And I've been really lucky that I've been able to speak to a lot of the owners, and, and if there are ever any um, concerns, I'm very happy to give anyone a call at any time. I sometimes don't feel like the most natural or comfortable in front of cameras, but um, if it's helping out um, the Butternut team and, and the whole community, which is something I really believe in, yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm more than happy to go on ahead and do it. Yeah. It's amazing, as you said, social media is becoming such a powerful thing. And it's just a fact, I mean, you, we can't get away from it. And it's one of those things that so many people engage with it on a, da- on a daily basis, like multiple times a day. And mm-hmm. if we can put out love through there and, and get it back in, you know, multiplied by you know however many times then it's it's fantastic to have it at, at our disposal mm. i think the nice thing is actually google and the internet has allowed us to have all this freedom of information but actually it's now getting kind of diluted with so much information that people now don't know what to trust and what to believe mm. and i think just having someone at the end of the phone or on a facebook live uh, and able to speak to somebody who's practicing it is, mm-hmm. is really, really nice for our, for our customers. Yeah. So I went to Crufts this year and as I walked through the different um, halls and stands and, and exhibition areas, even I felt a little bit overwhelmed by all of the different types of, of dog foods and messages. And, and then I took a step back and thought, how must the regular dog owner feel? Because there is so there is so much information out there, mm-hmm. which is super. It's it's really really great. But if I felt that sense of completely being overwhelmed, yeah, I I thought that must have been you know pretty confusing for for our dog owners too. It's true, and I think I mean Harry, you're out and about sort of more than I am, mm-hmm. and you go to events and you were there you know when Kira was there and you know promoting our our food and. As you say, I mean, you mean you must see more than a, more than me that there's a lot out there, and it's it's trying to convey the message that everyone's saying they're the best at doing X Y Z, and it's it's trying to get that across, but in a way that's trustworthy and in a way that people can rely on, and in a way that's responsible ultimately. And I think that you know that is what Kira helps us do is is to be really responsible about what we what we're doing, and I think that's huge. Mm. Did you enjoy crafts? Oh my! You yes. came on the day that I was leaving. I, I think, know, didn't you? I know. Yeah. Well, I was so Crafts is held over four days, Thursday to Sunday, and I was working Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning. So as soon as I could, uh, I finished work on Saturday and quickly jumped up in a train um, to to get out to Birmingham. And I spent all of Saturday, the rest of Saturday, and all of Sunday. So I was wearing a Fitbit. Uh, and I was really keen to see <laughs> like how much ground I would cover. I think I did something like 18 kilometres on the Sunday. <gasps> no. I just, I loved wow. it. it. It was such an amazing day. and It's I, like a city, isn't it? It's like a, you kind of go out of one huge, 
huge space that's just so huge and you kind of there's another six or seven of these spaces wow. full of people so I've never been I need to next oh, year I want to come up with you because it dogs, sounds dogs, amazing dogs. they were beautiful and all of the different people showing and breeding they they just want to chat to you they're all so happy to like chat and tell you what they're feeding their dog and what shampoos they're using and <laughs> they, they're just so they love they love their dog so much um, yeah it was really really cool cool well I'm going to bring it off and out of crufts uh-huh. and then back into a younger Kira uh, and and kind of get into kind of how you got into to animals and veterinary and where that passion started for you. So I'm Irish, as you can hear, and grew up in a very, very beautiful part of Ireland called Cavan and was very lucky to uh, grow up in a farm. My uncle owned the farm and um, my parents and I live just up the road from the farm. So essentially I grew up in the farm and for as long as I can remember, I would be outside if there was something that had fur or feathers I was playing with it. Um, <laughs> I completely obsessed, completely obsessed. And as soon as I saw the vet come along one day to do a calving, and I think I was six or seven, I was like, right, that's it. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know what it is. I don't know what his name is, but I, I like it. Yeah. And and I think that resonates with a lot of vets. They We all know from an early age and have our minds set on doing that mm. and I feel very very lucky that I'm I, I do this job I love it well it's such an undertaking I think this you know this I mean that's what I think a lot of people find is I wanted to be a vet when I was younger oh. I was obsessed with animals I wanted to be yeah. a vet and um it gets to a point I think sometimes when the studying becomes something that arrives on the horizon when you're at the right age and you think I'm not sure if I'm quite cut out for this you know the academia is is intense and you know how long did it take you from sort of start to finish and and what was the experience like so I took the extended route because I didn't get seven straight A's um got a few A's but not seven so I did a primary honours degree in microbiology first mm-hmm. uh, on the advice of my lovely career guidance teacher and um, he said listen just go down to science then you can do veterinary afterwards and so I did so I studied microbiology in UCD and that's where I obviously met loads of great friends but where I started to become really interested in bacteria and bugs and good bugs and bad bugs and uh, and that sort of resonates in the nutrition of today and maybe we'll chat about that later but in any case so I did uh, micro and then applied to vet school in South Africa um, <laughs> I had planned on applying to Dublin but South Africa came first and it was after a spell that I spent down in Cape Town uh, where I got involved in some lots of wildlife and was asked one day if if I was a vet who'd studied in South Africa I would have a job with this wildlife reserve and I'm like right well there we go (laughs) simple easy peasy still done Um, shake hands yeah yeah so I uh, moved to Pretoria soon afterwards and that was another six years of study so all in all it was four years of, of science six years of veterinary but you know what? I actually loved being a student. Yeah, so thanks to the support of my mum and dad. <laughs> uh, seeing me through 10 years of, um, of university, it was great. And it, it really uh, set me up for where I am today. Amazing. So, yeah, South Africa, that's... Um, I wasn't expecting you to say South Africa, go. I have to yeah. say. It's amazing. So in terms of the wildlife you got, with that properly like lions lion level stuff or was it you know lion level stuff so the vet school in Pretoria is the only one in southern Africa so it includes South Africa Namibia Botswana Mozambique 
So if there were any sort of high-level uh, wildlife casualties or, or patients, they most of them would come to the vet school. So I saw giraffes, rhino, cheetah, name it, and, and it came through, mm. uh, which was a phenomenal experience. But that sort of romantic notion of being a wildlife vet was sadly discovered. And uh, I, I needed to come closer to home. It was just a little bit too far away. But I do go back to South Africa on an annual basis and still catch up with my friends there and, and still get a little bit of a wildlife um, a wildlife hit at the same time. That's amazing. amazing. So you'd have elephants, giraffes. Yeah. yeah obviously not just kind of strolling in. Just strolling you know, in, just so coming in to say hi. Just a little checkup, <laughs> um, uh, monthly checkup. They were usually, sadly, the sort of severe cases and the quite sick cases. And we had a phenomenal team uh, that worked there. It was cool. I, I particularly remember a cheetah. It was named Spotty. It's so lame, but his name was Spotty. And Spotty was actually a pet. Now, I don't think a lot of wild animals are, are particularly suited to being pets, but Spotty was a, a, a pet cheetah um, pup, you call them, not, not kittens. And Spotty had been racing around with family Labrador and didn't realise quite how fast he could go and sadly he ran into a wall at at quite some speed so he was in our intensive care unit with little doggies on on either side and he had some quite nasty brain injury but there is a a happy ending Um, we fixed him and Spotty went home and uh, I would hope I hope now he's perhaps released somewhere and running free but that was really fun that was really, really fun. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine that sometimes you're maybe treating a rabbit or a, a cat or a budgie or something and then suddenly you just get this memory of this gigantic animal that you once oh, worked on. It must feel like worlds away. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. It, it, that's that's one of the amazing things about veterinary. You do not know what's coming through that door. Mm. Uh, I've had a tarantula once. Um, yeah, that's what keeps it so interesting and, and so wonderful and, and fixing them and getting to, to make everyone happy at home. It's amazing. Did you come to London after South Africa? Or did you go back to Ireland? And so, what? How, yeah, London. How did you get here? Basically, how what I want to know. I qualified and graduated from Pretoria in two thousand and nine, and as you'll remember, the London twenty twelve Olympics were just around the corner. Or in my eyes, they were <laughs> just around the corner. And growing up, so I have three brothers. Hi, John Breffney Breen. Um, I have three brothers and we were obsessed with sport. So whether it was football or basketball, but the Olympics in particular, you know, this this ruled our entire summers. Uh, so when the, the London Olympics were, were happening, I looked into it, everything about it. And I learned that if you were a UK resident, you could apply for tickets sooner than anyone else. So it made sense that that's what I was going to do. And I moved to London um, in January of 2010. And as soon as I could apply for tickets, I did. You know, I I went to everything. It was the most amazing summer. I'm sure anyone who who was in the the city and who remembers it, Harry's nodding his head, will remember what an amazing time it was. Yeah, I got to see... What tickets did you get? Yeah, I mean... Anything. Like, if they were available, I I was buying them, like... This was my savings, honestly, like my savings (laughs) went into this. So I saw some basketball and boxing, handball, athletics, volleyball, the beach volleyball. That was really fun. There was a real party atmosphere to that. I went to a lot of the Paralympics and I went to some diving. It was just extraordinary. Oh, really? You were? 
Uh, yeah, like uh, number obs- one uh, fan. Uh, obsessed level. I've never it met was... anybody who was. I mean, I've met people who went and who loved it, and oh. it was my first year in London. Actually, with the 2012, I'd moved there, moved here for uni. Oh, great! Oh. So I didn't see any of it, but there was a real buzz in the city. Like I, I went and saw the Olympic Park like the year afterwards, and yeah. it was just amazing. Like the, and I studied in Stratford actually a couple of years ago, and it's just you know seeing it sort of all on the periphery when you're yeah. sort of near the station and stuff is just amazing and but I've never met anybody quite on the level of oh I, I didn't think I was quite on yeah uh, quite extreme but I loved it and sports are really important to me so back at university days and this might surprise everyone because if you've seen me on social media you'll see that I'm sort of blonde and small but I was actually rugby captain and wow football captains and stuff like that I can see rugby captains can you yeah there's something go away well then then tell me tenacity in you that I can see you on a (laughs) quite you know quite good on the rugby pitch actually what what position do you reckon I was this will be fun go on Harry I'd say either flanker or (gasps) fly half oh fly yeah I don't don't think I'd make a good flank I'm a bit too little you're a bit too small for yeah Yeah. for for, for flank. well done Harry I'm impressed fly half yeah oh nice dictating the play (laughs) taking the ball up loved it yeah so much fun yeah it was great and then your favourite sport oh I, I, I don't even know it depends on the day and it depends on the season so I think it's getting swept up in in the event like I'm the same with Wimbledon I don't really think about tennis until Wimbledon comes Uh on my brother's a tennis coach and then you get swept up in it and it's like with the Olympics when that's on you're walking past the TV and maybe some random sport is on curling or something that you never and then you're suddenly (laughs) obsessed you sit down and think oh I'll just watch this bit and then you're cheering for these teams and you think I've never I don't care about curling I don't even know how this is working but it's the atmosphere it's the it's it's, it's, it's the cheering it's and it's the every yeah it's so everything. I can see on a smaller maybe on a smaller scale where you're coming from because <laughs> it is infectious I think is the word absolutely totally infectious and then Winter Olympics this year I did actually go out and get on an ice rink and do some curling so that was a very good example did you, where did you go <laughs> I was, I've been trying to find a place oh no we're doing it for a team social soon <laughs> I think <laughs> perhaps we are yeah. I sat and watched hours yeah. of curling and I could have oh, watched hours I'm not more. sure I could watch hours of curling oh. And randomly, like this is very, very random. Uh, but when I was in South Africa, I was in a backpackers in, in Cape Town. It was a summer holiday or something. And I was chatting to this Scottish guy, actually two Scottish guys, brothers. And one goes to uh, to the other. He's like, here, so uh, have you told her about your Olympic medal? And I was like, you're joking. You don't have an Olympic medal. And he's like, I do. I'm like, no, I don't believe you. He's like, I do. In curling. I'm like, oh, buddy, not sure if it counts. <laughs> uh, but I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Now that I've, like, watched it and, like, seen... This has actually crushed my dreams. No, so my, like, my, no, so listen... My so... life plan is to get to 31, go and live in Scotland for a whole year, <laughs> practice curling, go to the Olympics and get an Olympic gold. That is my that is my wow. way to get... That is a serious plan. I have to say... And I you've have... now just dashed no, it. No, no, stop. The, the people I have in the community a whole like, new respect count. for curlers. There's some skill and real technique to that. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's not just about pushing a stone down the ice. Oh, no. No, no. no, 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 no. Um, but, but, yeah, if anyone gets a chance, go and have a have some fun with curling. It's really cool. And how cool. were you? I was how? rubbish. Yeah. yeah, like truly. I want to have a go terrible. now. I get I'm quite competitive and I've never played. I, let's do let's make this happen. BB Social. I think we Kurt, can we all come? The, the yeah. best one. Social, the the, the brooms. Yeah, like yeah, how, the brooms. how do you decide you want to get? You just like sweeping up. Like, if, how do you, no, you get, to get into? It? You don't. You're not just. Oh, uh, really? Just oh, so you don't a have sweeper. a specified role? Like you, you can. 
Yeah, or that on a special, be, like, you that know. That would suck a little bit. Be like, yeah, just I, only, I just swept. I just swept. I'm just a sweeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. It you always get it. After you watch up. sport on TV, you just think, oh, I was doing golf. Watch a bit of golf, and I'm like, oh, mate, I'm going to get on that golf course. <laughs> and I'm going to play like Tiger Woods, and you yeah. get on the golf, and it just all falls apart. <laughs> and you're true. like, it's, oh. it's Rocky for me. Ever since I was a kid, whenever really? we'd watch Rocky when I was cool. young, my dad showed me and my brother quite young, the sofa cushions would come off the sofa, and we'd be hitting them, <laughs> punching each other, and getting all right. Ra- and it was Gladiator as well. That not Gladiator. What's it called? W- Gladiators. W- like yeah. the and the like yeah. Proper gladiators. I was obsessed with that when yeah. I was younger. The wolf. The wolf. Yes, he was yeah. my favourite. And that was I just used to wind kids up, didn't it? Effectively, just oh, making them jump around the living room and fight each other. But it was yeah, it is one of those things that you just want to do. They just don't make TV like that anymore. They don't. Do they? they don't. They tried to bring it back. Didn't work. It didn't work. No, but it was it's rubbish. A, it's a winner. The formula works, doesn't it? Yeah, the formula works. But they Surely. just did it too seriously. I don't know. Uh, it was oh rubbish. Dear. Bring back the wolf. Bring yeah. back the wolf. There yeah. We go. Anyway, we've digressed. Yeah. We got to curling somehow, we which is amazing. <laughs> Went from South Africa to curling. Oh, I love it. It happens. Yeah. But I'm serious. We should follow up. We'll follow up on the curling because I think I want to try it now. Yeah, it wasn't far from here. Just down the road. Just saying. Mm-hmm. We okay. could go now. We can <laughs> <laughs> pack this up, pack up this recording. Tonight. Love it. Um, cool. And I just wanted to ask about how you would advise people on getting into veterinary and, and becoming a vet. I can imagine there's quite a few different avenues. And I think just like Lauren, there's probably a lot of uh, young girls out there that have this as a kind of job that they w- want to be and mm-hmm. and I suppose it's kind of what advice would you give to, to, to kind of anyone out there of how to become a vet? Yeah, it is the best job and it, for me it is the best job in the world. For other people maybe the idea of having to deal with pee and poop and other things <laughs> isn't such a great thing so I think it's important to, to sort of highlight that it's not all about fluffy you know kittens and puppies and there are some Uh, some difficult decisions and some sad times too. So if you're keen on being a vet, what I recommend is go spend some time in practice. So yes, you can be the smartest person in the world and you know you're going to get your, you know, your A stars, but actually spend a bit of time in practice, go out into farms, see if this is something that you do enjoy. Um, And if you do, brilliant. Um, So your careers advice teachers will let you know that you need to study chemistry, biology, and another science subject. There are a bunch of different vet schools in in the UK, so in England and in Scotland. They're all absolutely super. But if you don't get accepted first time around, Mm -hmm. don't be too dismayed. Um, I didn't, and I still got got in. And lots and lots of my vet friends also studied a science uh, degree beforehand. So if you don't get in first time around and you really want to do it, well, then persist. Yeah, absolutely persist. It's totally worth it. Well, that's really good advice. That's it. It's, um, I went down the science route and it, the parts of chemistry and physics, I just couldn't get my brain to do the, the logical bits and the maths. It just didn't, didn't work. And I did, I, went to, I did some work experience in a vet's. It was just a tiny little local practice and I actually got a yeah. rabbit uterus thrown at me. <laughs> By accident? By, no, on purpose. Okay. By the vet. No, Grand, like, thanks. To see if you could handle it? Just to freak, yeah, just to freak me out, I think. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, different. <laughs> he spayed. There were lots of sp- lots of spaying. Lots of spaying going on. Yeah. So our day is often very, very varied, which is fun and exciting and interesting. But there are days where you are neutering a lot, which is great because it, 
you know, eliminate un- unwanted pets. And so we have less dogs and cats in, in shelters that are looking for homes. So there's obviously a need to it. So, yeah, some days can be absolutely amazing and really exciting. And other days it, it's quite regular. And for me, it's never boring, but perhaps... You know, for other people, it is. It's probably quite nice. I imagine the unpredictability. If if every single case that came through the door was wildly different, that in itself might come become boring in a way. So having days when it's a bit more steady and days where it's exciting, it probably evens it out into a nice balance. Yeah. Maybe we rely very, very much on our wonderful vet nurses. And May is National Vet Nurse Awareness Month. They are a phenomenal bunch of professionals. So it's not all about you know wanting to become a vet if you don't think you'd like to be a vet you can do veterinary nursing it is also a phenomenal career those guys and girls support us in a huge way there's no way that we could do um do the do our job without them um, so that's always another another option for people as well yeah just thanks to all the, the vet nurses who have supported and taught me along the way because they do they teach us a lot Shout out to the vet nurses. Shout out to the nurses. (laughs) And then stories. I'm a big fan of a of a good story. Right. Uh, You've obviously in the vet world. I can only imagine. You know, as we just discussed, there's very, there's a lot of difference in in the type of day that Mm -hmm. can happen. Can you tell us about a story? Maybe that you'd tell down the pub, you know, I don't know, one of, one of these stories. Um, a few pints of Guinness in. Yeah, a few pints of Guinness in. You, you're going to kind of uh, give us one of one of your best. That is literally putting me on the spot because <laughs> I see so many different things and then I kind of just, sometimes I forget about them because they're all so wild and then the wild things then just become normal. You're like, oh yeah, so this happened today. Oh well. There are some, some very cute things and some very funny things. The things that I really enjoy are children coming in with their parents, with their pets and seeing their, you know, wonder looking up at, at the table and sometimes I'll give them the stethoscope so they can listen to their doggy's heart and their eyes just get bigger and it's so, so cute. But then equally when you've got children who own pets, they often have the most ridiculous names. Um <laughs> so Winnie the Poodle and there are a few Doctor Fluffy Pants and uh, like great it's, names. it's, it's, oh, it's kinda it's kinda great. <laughs> like it is. They're absolutely great. There are some non PG stories which I'll keep off air but if anyone sees me around sometime I think I'll, I'll digress when we're curling you can tell I'll, us. I'll tell you when, when we're curling Guinness yeah I'll tell curling. you when we're curling absolutely yeah but I believe that Harry has prepared a special game for Kira kind of that was his little this mission uh, before the next recording I don't know what this is going oh, to serious? be oh serious okay I'm not 100% sure of what the game is but it feels like something's been pulled together so this is the first time it's been done it's essentially just a I suppose to test your knowledge as a vet, and I've just come up with some, I suppose, fun facts of what maybe, hopefully, trying to catch you out. Essentially, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what the game is. I'm trying. You did with Hannah last time as well. Uh, I think this is going to be most of my games is just trying to catch people out. (laughs) So I have prepared a few questions, and I've uh, given one question to Lauren as well. So you're going to finish it off. I'm going to start it off. So can we have a drum roll? Great. So, question number one. Yeah. How many muscles does a cat have in each ear? Oh, no. Harry. I... It's very hard. Oh, man, alive. Um, so, I at this moment, I'm thinking back to anatomy, which 
was in 2004 um, <laughs> and trying to uh, to re-image all of those different structures I am going to say six. Oh no unfortunately not nice no. 32 what really and just FYI these are facts that I've found on the internet so if you <laughs> want to tell me that I'm wrong you know this this these could all the be internet incorrect. doesn't lie though yeah the internet doesn't lie. there we go there we go so that's number one number two <laughs> What part of a dog would you use to identify a specific dog? Essentially like a human fingerprint. What uh, part of a dog would that be? Okay, so this is so this is kind of easy to me, but I think other people will find it quite interesting. If I'm right, it's the nose. So a dog's nose print is as individual as our human fingerprints. There you go, correct. Ta-da! Which I thought was an amazing. That's so interesting. That's really cool, right? That's my favourite one. Um, So I'll throw on a little bit of extra, extra interest there. Oh, extra points. Uh, I like this. Do I get extra points? Yeah, amazing. Okay, cool. Um, So the Kennel Club of Canada, as early as the 1930s or something like that, they recognise a dog's nose print as a form of identification. So I think they still obviously recommend microchipping and collars and, and tags and things like that, but they do identify and, and recognise a doggy's That's little nose mad. print. I can yeah, just imagine them getting the ink pad and the paper. Like, yeah, I'm not how sure. do they do yeah, this? Yeah, I was thinking how, they, how do they do this? Like, you know, the fingerprint sensor, maybe a, dot, yeah, a nose maybe, version? I, th- I imagine if we just dot some... People can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm... I'm <laughs> touching my nose a lot if they just dot little black little amounts of black ink across yeah. and then just dab a little, a little what piece I was paper. thinking was like a, like a hole in the wall with a treat in <laughs> and just above the treat there'd be a little kind of ink pad so as they went in the oh, nose God. would touch <laughs> Uh, that, Another that, one with the paper next. Yeah, I think that's even exactly. cuter. I that's, think that's yeah, even cuter. That, that's, that's definitely what I was thinking. Love it. Um, Cute, man. But definitely extra points there. <gasps> so double points. Question number three. Uh-huh. Can you name one animal that undergoes menopause? Yes, um, a blue whale. So I, I think chimpanzee. Ooh, dolphin. Not so sure. Um, and... I believe that humans are all we're all animals, so uh, a lady, a human lady too. There you go. Well, yeah, I think uh, you definitely got one there for okay, sure. Okay. Um, you had all of them, and the only other one <gasps> to add would be an elephant. An Ellie. Yeah. Okay, Grant. So there we yeah. go. Very but good. definitely points. And then for me, the last one: what animal or insect can only see the colour red, green, and yellow? Oh man, alive. Very tricky, Harry. Um, Very tricky indeed. Well, see, if you didn't say insect, then I, I would only go for animal. But now I feel it must be an insect because <laughs> that is ah. correct. I, I... <laughs> I oh wait, no, I'm a, a bee. A bee? No. Butterfly? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. I'll let okay. you have it. I'll okay, let you have Brad. that. Great. Fantastic. So oh, that's. Oh my goodness. How many points? There's, oh, there's four out of five. We still don't have a formal scoring system for the we, we can't score. <laughs> we can't do the alphabet here. We really struggle with any kind of scoring. Everyone but I would gets say points. Very good. We're on to the final question and final over question. to you, Lauren. Okay. Oh, no, um, so question I've got for you is, similar vein, uh-huh. um, where is a shrimp's heart? In its head. Yeah, so yeah, it was easy. Easy yeah. one. Nah, there you go. You see. Okay. I thought that. I didn't know that. I, common knowledge. I, I do Is it? Know common a knowledge. Lot of Everyone knows that. Oh, I'm Random taken aback. Things about animals. That's why you have oh. to yeah. rip the head off of the shrimps. Yeah. Uh, Some people, don't they? 
Don't know how that's going to come across <laughs> on. Uh... <laughs> I do regret that. As soon as I did that, I was like, that's weird. That's very strange. Sorry, everybody. That was strange. But it was eating okay. then. That Apologies. was the eating, uh, eating um, emoji. Yeah. <laughs> and a prawn emoji. Well done, Kira. That was amazing. There you like, go. Very good. Nailed it. I'm oh, impressed. Nailed it. Very that's, impressed. And we yeah. learned things as well. All about learning, aren't we? Yeah. There you go. Informative and fun. Good. Thanks for your questions. Phew. Okay. Now, now I'm less stressed. I was worried about those questions yeah. earlier. Came in heavy with that, with the, with the, with the cat ears one as well. I'm going to Google that. I'm going to have a Google later. You say. Well, I think mm. the, the, the questions and answers have now been locked in. There can't be any changes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should say at this point that sort of following on from questions, um, obviously you can get in touch with Kira through us anytime. But if you've got any specific questions about anything she said, anything about advice on how to be a vet, anything about life as a vet, what you get up to day to day, email us at podcast at butternutbox.com and then we'll be able to follow up, get her in again later on and have another chat with her. Um, any questions, yeah, just fire them across. Yeah, um, p- please do. I got loads of advice when I was starting out um, and I'd be really, really happy to yeah, just help anyone. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Super nice. Yeah, it's and, been such a pleasure. And you do fantastic Facebook Lives. Another one next week. Another one next week. Yeah, it's my favourite, second favourite thing to <laughs> do. Well week. saved, well saved. <laughs> Harry's questions are always super, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you asking me that, Harry? I, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we love them. I love the Facebook Live as well. We all, in the office, we're, we're big fans and we know that everyone on social media, you know, there's a thing about them now. There's a big, uh, big buzz, so. It's yeah, nice, it's, it's nice, yeah, helping people out. That's mm. all I want to do. And you do, every day. Yeah. And we're very grateful to have you on the team, Kira. Also, I'll see you Sorry. Um, oh, it's sad. I don't want it to end. It's been so I nice chatting to could, We could sit here, <laughs> sit here for another half an hour and just go, keep asking questions. But no, I think it's been... I've had a really great time. I have. Yeah. We're going to go curling yeah, now, we've decided. We're going to go so. curling. Absolutely. We need to go. We need to do some curling. Yeah. And a trip to South Africa, Yeah. Maybe. Ooh. Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's I do it. So. Yeah. All right, well, we'll say goodbye to Kira. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have her back on here soon, so people won't miss you too much, hopefully. Cool. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Harry. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. So it's the end of another episode. Sadly, they just fly by. Um, We've been recording in the pod at White City Place, as usual, which has been a pleasure. Um, If you want to get in touch, please email us at podcast at buttonupbox.com and we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram if you ever want to get in touch uh, with us as a business. So, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.